salary caps, why are they different from sport to sport? And which sport has the best pension plans? You got Miles, Clayton, and myself breaking it down today on the Game Time Guru. What time is it? Game Time Tuning in to the Game Time Guru, he's gonna teach you something that you never knew. He's got Clayton on, he's also got Miles, where they crack tons of jokes and make you smile. Yeah, they work together and they have so much fun. You didn't know sports because you were dumb, but now you're great, you're fantastic, now you are smarter. Game time coming at you every day a little harder. Listen to the other 45. I can promise you one thing, it will change your life. It's the Game Time Guru. What's going on, everybody? Welcome out to another episode of the Game Time Guru. Uh, I'm your host, Shane Larson, joined today by my buddies, Miles Clifford and Clayton Panzeri. I'm about to start laughing because we are doing this with a Google Hangout and... um, we're trying to get this thing rolling. So as you guys know from the introduction, we're going to be doing a, a discussion on salaries in professional sports. So I hope you guys enjoy this. Um, we're going to talk about the different salaries, the average uh, that each player makes in each of the major sports. And we're going to talk about salary caps because Clayton's got some information he wants to drop. So Miles can give some some stats and opinions. Clayton's going to drop some of his uh, stats because he likes numbers. And uh, we're going to have a fun discussion today. So let's get started here talking about the... NBA salaries. We're going to go through each of the sports. I've got NBA, NFL, uh, Major League Baseball, and I even touched base on the NHL because on this show I've talked about hockey in the past. So starting with the NBA, um, it looks like the minimum wage, like so the minimum salary you can make if you get onto an NBA team as a rookie and you make the roster is $815,615,000. So 815 mil is the minimum you can make you in the NBA. 1000 815000 Wow, eight hundred fifteen thousand six hundred fifteen. Those boys are there making hella bread. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Try out for the NBA. Seriously, See, this is why we're doing this because Miles is going to correct me. That was perfect. Eight hundred fifteen thousand. Gosh dang, eight hundred fifteen mil. I wish, I dude. Jeez, geez. like got to play the Powerball for that kind of money. Seriously, eight hundred fifteen thousand with uh, the average being six point two million. First off. Okay, even though it is only eight hundred fifteen thousand, that's a pretty big salary. That's a pretty big chunk of money for a rookie for a minimum pay. Would you guys take a, a minimum wage of eight hundred fifteen grand a year? I mean, yeah, I, I'd take a pay cut if uh, I was playing in the NBA. But <laughs> no, yeah, dude. Nowadays, so I just want to make sure that you have the right investments and everything. If you're making eight hundred fifteen thousand, you're going to have to budget really good <laughs> to bring yeah, food on the table. So. Would you yeah. invest in Bitcoin with that $815,000? Right now, yeah. And, and in fact, actually, this is financial advice for anyone listening to this podcast. Take all your money, put it in Bitcoin, and if you lose it all, Game Time Guru is held liable. Not Miles Clifford, but Game Time Guru. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, as JP Sears says, with all my years as, you know, an accountant, being an accountant, I have uh, a lot of experience in this field. So I'm, uh, what is it? I'm a, a certified financial advisor with my lack of experience. Yeah. So, the average salary for an NBA player, if you take everybody in the NBA, the entire league, six point two million is the average. We're looking at six point two million and being the average. Obviously, you have the outliers on both sides. You got the LeBron Jameses, the Mike Conley. Speaking of which, okay, can we talk about him for a second? Mike Conley has yet to make an All Star game. Like he's never made an All Star team in his career yet. He's like up until last year, he was the highest paid player in the NBA. Um, hello, what? How is that? 
I don't know. When I hear the name Mike Conley and I don't have the stats in front of me, I think of 17 points a game, seven rebounds, and four assists. Like, is that pretty close? Probably. I don't have the stats in front of me either. I don't do stats. I just talk with opinions. But you're about right, though. He's like an above average defender or was for his position, but he's not anything special in my opinion. I don't. I don't know. It just boggles my mind that he was making so much money and he never made an all-star team and he got hurt just this year again. So that's just ridiculous to me. Let's move on to the NFL though. I just had to get that out of there. So, oh yeah. One last thing is the NBA salaries are guaranteed. Clayton, what does guaranteed mean for the people who actually don't understand what that means? Well, the Webster Merriam um, definition for guaranteed is going to be, no, I have no idea, but guaranteed. I know that it's a lot different in the NBA than it is in like NFL. So you see these outrageous contracts in the NFL, but like you'll see maybe 30, maybe 40% is guaranteed compared to the NBA where every penny is guaranteed. So you see Steph making 30 plus mil a year now, that's all guaranteed money regardless of, uh, and there's not incentive laden, anything like that. So every penny you see on his contract, he's going to earn plus incentives on top of that. Exactly. And I wanted to talk about incentives. We'll get into that now going into the NFL. So like Clayton said, guaranteed is basically you're guaranteed that entire chunk of money. You see the money that they're making on their contract. That's all theirs going into the NFL. They are not fully guaranteed contracts. The, the, you know, some of them are, uh, from what we were reading, it looks like the typical first and second rounder in the NFL. Usually they're going to have guaranteed contracts. Um, but they get, huge signing bonuses typically if you're in the first round sometimes into the second round you get a decent signing bonus but nothing major but the first round especially the first uh first uh pick or so the first five picks have a huge signing bonus so um but the average so the minimum sorry for an nfl player four hundred sixty-five thousand, or if you're talking like me 465 million but no <laughs> four hundred sixty-five thousand minimum compared to the eight hundred fifteen thousand minimum for the nba and the average is 1.9. So you're looking at about 2 million per player if you're looking at the outliers on each side, the lowest and the highest paid. It looks like the average for an NFL player is two, $2 million. I, I want to get you guys' thoughts on this, though, with them being non-guaranteed contracts and the average of an NFL player only being three years in the league. What do you like and what do you dislike, starting with Miles? Okay, so first off, like the difference in the salaries is obviously because of the amount of players that are on each team. You got 53 compared to 12. Um, so that's number one, obviously. And there's more games in the NBA, which allows for more revenue and those types of things. But the, what was the question? <laughs> so what do you like and what do you dislike about the NFL contracts and the way they're structured? Oh yeah, dude, not being non-guaranteed is garbage. And all like these clauses in there, like where there's no salary cap, uh, I guess penalty if you cut them in this year or whatever, like Bortles, I think can be cut this year without any penalty to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't have to pay him 18 million. Um, I get it. Cause you don't want to pay people based off of past performances if they're not still performing, but the NFL not for long is what it stands for. You know um, they, a lot of these need to be guaranteed because if someone now they work in like the injury stuff, like if you get hurt, you're still getting paid this and that, like that's how Colin Kaepernick's uh, contract was set up. But this non-guaranteed stuff, like, stop paying these huge contracts and not making them guaranteed pay a reasonable contract and make it all guaranteed that way the player knows like a peace of mind goes a long way with anybody i can assume it would only do the same thing with an nfl player more reasonable all guaranteed that's how i would go about it but i'm also just me i like it now that's the opinions clayton what do you like and dislike about the way the nfl contracts are structured 
there's not much I like about the NFL contracts just because they're like they're so to avoid salary um, hitting the salary cap and stuff like that. It's a lot of like Derek Carr got half of his salary in a bonus check. So it didn't go against the Raiders salary cap. So there's a way to kind of finagle the system, which people don't realize, but these owners and GMs give them like a huge bonus. And then only part of their salary goes against their, um, goes against the actual team salary cap. So there's ways to, ways to definitely like undercut the salary cap. Um, I, I don't know. Like it's just NFL makes it a lot harder than usual. So, and a good example of that is like, you always see like Tom Brady's taking a pay cut for this season, but they either like front load something like in a bonus or back load it as far as in a different year. Tom Brady's making his money. He looks like the greatest guy because he's always taking less each year, but he's really not. He's getting that paycheck in the form of a bonus or he's going to get something, you know, like in, in a couple of years, like that's just the way it works. Like he's not, I mean, he's a great guy. I, I love his show, but he's not that he's not taking the pay cuts. Like we all think. Is that a plug-in for his show on Facebook watch? Yeah, actually, it's sponsored by the 60 Days of Living podcast. <laughs> I love it. I love it. MLB now. Let's talk about them. Uh, their guaranteed contracts. It looks like the minimum um, salary is roughly $507,500. So about $507,000 minimum. Average being $4 million. Now, why I wanted to bring up the MLB, and we'll get to the NHL as well, though, is the MLB and the NBA are similar in the, the fact that they have longer schedules. or I mean, MLB especially. How many games? hundred and 162 162 like 500 games so it's like <laughs> they have a, a lot of games they have a lot of players in the league so this is why i wanted to compare the two i mean they're averaging about four million uh per player at the end of the day and the nba is averaging 6.2 whereas the nfl is averaging you know two million the the mlb and the nba are very similar the cost of the game is extremely high because you have to that's 160 plus games that you're you're having to pay for you have to travel all these fees that go into it but how in the world do they have the money to pay that like can you guys explain it as the baseball guys how do how do they have the money to pay that as the minimum salary being five hundred seven thousand dollars? is the money that big still in baseball uh i think so obviously like so the contracts are super cattywampus in the mlb i think you need a professional on there to really go over those things i there's so many like arbitration, rookie contracts there aren't even like really rookie contracts, but so you have 80, 81 home games. The travel's not, I mean, obviously it's, is, is, it is expensive, but not as much as you would think they travel about the same as much as the NBA. They're traveling for four games at a time instead of just one all over the place. So travel's not as crazy as you might think they have more players again than an NBA roster. Um, but the M MLB, like there's no salary cap. Uh, well, there is, but there isn't, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm, they do have the money that it, the, I don't, Clayton, maybe I'm wrong. They don't profit share in the MLB, do they? No, there's no profit sharing. So like, I know the Mariners have their own television network, so they all like have their own TV deals with certain companies, which brings them in a ton of money. And being on the being on TV for 162 games brings in so much. Like they play almost twice as many games as any other um, professional sport. So them being on TV, their TV deals are crazy outrageous, like in the billions of dollars um, yeah. every five to ten years. So uh, that's players have this weird like myth that they get they're getting paid um 
because people are coming to the stadium and being in the seats, that's just like a total lie. Like that they have like maybe 1% of all of the MLB player salaries come from ticket sales. And they're like, well, if I'm bringing people in the seats, then I should get paid for it. It's like, no dude, you're getting paid because people are watching you on TV and that's the bottom line for it. But a lot of teams are like, I don't know. So I was talking with Shane earlier today, actually about like the Seattle Mariners, like, they don't have a salary cap, but that makes small market teams like really have to, they have to scout, they have to draft good. Like it's just, it's just the name of the game. And it makes these small market teams have to work a lot harder than say a Yankees team that just goes and trades for Stanton and pays for 90% of his salary. And I mean, they could do that. There's no way the Mariners would ever be in that position or any small market team in that's why the Kansas city Royals winning the world series in 2016 was so impressive is because they are a small market team and they're one of the smallest markets in professional sports. I want to get into the salary caps a little bit here in just a second, because uh, we talked about that. Like Clay was saying, we were talking about salary caps earlier in sports um, and why they are important and why, well, why the advantages and disadvantages essentially of those before we do that. uh, I just wanted to touch base on the NHL. We're looking at about a $3 million average for players in the NHL. This is hockey. That's not very popular in the United States. Out of those four that we're talking about, um, it's definitely on the bottom of the uh, popularity scale. But the or the minimum is $525,000. Now, the difference is, is these are guaranteed contracts. But from reading up on it in the NHL, um, teams can actually opt out by cutting players. So they, they, like you have a guaranteed contract, but the team, it doesn't go against the team's you know, salary cap or whatever it is against their payroll if they, because they can cut you and that's how the owners get out of it. One thing I wanted to touch base on was the fact that like, we, we hear it all the time that the NBA is a player's league. They pay their players a lot. We just, we talked about that. That's, they get the money. Whereas like the NFL and sometimes some other ones, uh, they're, they're owner's leagues. So they're, they're businesses, they're professional sports, but they are structured a little bit differently. Whereas like the owners typically come out on top when it comes to the NFL, obviously. And the um, NBA comes out on top for the players. So let's take a look here. Um, we're going to go into salary caps. So Clayton talked about it earlier today, and we were talking. Miles and I are Jazz fans in the in the NBA, right? So we're Jazz fans. Small market teams like the Portland Trail Blazers as well. Miles, what do you think would happen if we if we didn't have uh, salary caps in the NBA? Uh, it would already be worse than it already is. Like Clayton kind of touched on the uh, Yankees, the Dodgers, while there are like luxury tax uh, implications and those types of things, like the NBA would be even, you'd have these super teams only in the supermarkets. Like, well, that's not like the grocery stores, but like these larger markets um, because those larger markets obviously draw in better TV deals and more fans and all of the above and they can pay their players more building these enormous super teams. Like what we're already seeing would only be like a fraction of what could be like the jazz would be just dead in the water. If they got rid of a salary cap for the NBA. What did you say earlier, Clayton, about what would happen to Salt Lake city? Oh, Salt Lake city would become an absolute dump. Like not that it is like bad now, but if they didn't have the revenue that they have with the NBA and like, TV sharing rights and stuff like that, that city would lose a ton of revenue. Not only jobs that like event services jobs, but just like in general, that city would, that city would struggle. 
so essentially like if for all the listeners out there, um, the few that are actually listening to the show, um, what miles and Clayton are saying is like the salary cap actually helps Utah because we would become, I mean, the jazz wouldn't, they would be non-existent in just a few years if they didn't have a salary cap. Cause then the other teams like the, the Los Angeles Lakers, New York Knicks, um, those big money market teams, organizations would just take over everything. Everybody would be going there even worse than it is now. Salt Lake would end up losing a team, which is a you know domino effect going forward with everything else. So it would have a major impact. And I think it's really interesting to look at that. Like Miles brought up the luxury tax and I wanted to touch base on this. Yes, there's a luxury tax and some owners are willing to pay that because you kind of have to pay to win um, in professional sports, even in the NBA. So just a few years ago, the Cleveland Cavaliers win the finals. Their luxury tax bill was near $100 million. That's on top of their salary, payroll, and everything that, like that, that they have to pay out. And then they had a luxury tax um, payment they had to make. And, and that goes throughout the rest of the NBA. It, it, it's shared between you know organizations. But they had to pay that um, to the NBA. And it's insane because every year if you go over the salary cap, you have another penalty if it's a repeater's penalty. So you kind of have to – while you can do that for a certain amount of time – you either have to trade a couple players away or cut their salaries down drastically. But talking about paying to win, Clayton, you mentioned the Yankees, right? How does this affect baseball who doesn't actually have a salary cap? Well, like the baseball is a little bit different. So, I mean, because there's no salary cap, there's no luxury tax technically, but to win championships, you have to pay for players. And, that really comes into effect on the trade deadline. I don't think there's any professional sport like baseball when it comes to the trade deadline because the teams that can pay for players always have the upper hand because they can buy out players. So unlike small market teams like Kansas City at the trade deadline, they have to sit pretty with the team that they have, but the Yankees can basically go out and if somebody's on contract for five years and they still have $80 million left on it, they might go out and get that person and just buy out like half his contract while Kansas city, they, they can't buy out a contract. It looks like we lost Clayton <laughs> uh, for a minute. I'm not sure if he's coming back. So Clayton was just discussing how it, it works in the MLB when it comes to, you know, you got to pay out your players. You got to pay a lot of money for these players to come uh, to your team. But, you have to, you know, you have to, you can buy them out. And some of the major markets like the Yankees can afford to do that. Um, some can't, but in the MLB, it seems like those major money markets like the Yankees um, that have a lot of money flowing through there and they can pay their players. They seem to have a lot of success. They don't have to worry about a salary cap. Does that bug you miles or is it something that's okay? Like, what do you think about that? Um, yeah, I mean, I kind of like it because the team I cheer for is a, a large market team. So I like that obviously being a Dodgers fan, but at the same time uh, it does, it really makes those other teams like the athletics or the Royals or the Marlins or uh, these not necessarily small market, but smaller market teams. They have to draft. Well, they have to have a great farm system and then their window so short, they have to almost do it flawlessly to be able to execute on the talent that they have because those guys are going to leave and they can't afford to keep them there. Uh, we saw it with, like Clayton said, the Royals a few years ago, the athletics, they always have this short window and then they trade everything away. And then it's the like ever since the 80s, they, they've been the same team, just 
two good years, five terrible years, two good years, five terrible years. And it makes it like, it's exciting for those years. Obviously when you have so much bad, the good times feel that much better, but it's gotta suck just going through that roller coaster every time for these small market teams. Gosh. Yeah, it does. That sucks. Jeez Louise. It's just, I mean, what do we always say, Miles? It's it's just a numbers game. It's just a numbers <laughs> game, baby. Just a numbers game from there. It's all about numbers. So to finish up, I kind of want to touch base on some of these, these uh, different leagues and how their pension plans work. But first, I also wanted to, to make a, a comment regarding their payments on their salaries. So do you remember the 30 for 30 documentary broke? Yeah, I do. I love that one. That was one of the best ones, right? I think so. <laughs> is this boring Sorry. to you? Is no, this, no, no, is no. This I, podcast dude. interview extremely boring to you? Is that why no. Clayton left us and then you're yawning? <laughs> no, dude. It's you and I have been waking up super early to go to the gym, so I'm like poop, man. I'm exhausted. It's what seven o'clock? Holy hell, I'm old. No, we're we're not old. We're ripped. So, yeah, that's right. When it comes to the the broke documentary, what I wanted to mention was these salaries. Um, when you're in, in a professional sport, you play in different cities. Obviously you're traveling to different cities, different teams. Um, and you get paid per game actually. And, uh, so you get paid per game. And what happens is you get taxed, uh, based on that city that you played in. So every state tax is different. So it's a, it's a big fiasco. So you have to actually trust your financial advisor to be able to do your taxes correctly at the end of the year, because you're getting taxed a different percentage in each state that you go to in each, each place that you've played because it's completely different on their tax forms. Um, I just thought that was interesting. Just a little side note. So talking about pension plans, retirement, um, we're going to start with the NHL this time. So the NHL, it looks like if you play 160 games, you're fully vested into your pension plan by the age of 45. Um, but you can also, if you play less than 160 games, you can still receive the max pension plan if you're Canadian. And if you what? you know, play more than 160 games, you receive the max. You have to play 160 games to receive it in the, as a U.S. law. The Canadian law allows you to receive your full max if you've played less than 160 games. So I think we should all just get our Canadian, um, what is that called? Citizenship? Citizenship. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> anyway, the pension looks like it is $45,000 per year. Um, so that's your fully vested. After the age of 45, uh, you'd be making $45,000 per year. Um, and that's just extra money. And if, you, if you're working after you, you're out of the league or whatever, that's fine. You, have, you just get the extra 45 that comes to you. Uh, the NHL allows you to take 50% of your vested balance um, before the age of 45 if you wanted to take it out. So... In the MLB, this is what's crazy to me, is the MLB, it takes 43 days. So like if you've played for 43 days, you it equals to $34,000 a year in pensions. So you can, 43 days essentially makes you $34,000 a year in, in a pension plan. And you only have to play for one day to receive full medical benefits. Now, if Are you, you play, kidding me? No, it's ridiculous. And if you've played for 10 years, and that's some players do you know, have that blessing to play for over 10 years, it looks like you get $100,000 after the age of 62. So that's what your pension plan is, is usually at the age of 62. That's why the NHLs is crazy because, you know, when you're, you get it all by the age of 45, you're fully vested and then you can start taking out. But usually it's 62. And uh, yeah, so if you played 10 years in the MLB, you've just got yourself $100,000 a year after you turn 62 and you can actually start taking from it and full medical benefits. Dang. The, it's, isn't that insane? Like, all right. So let's go try out. I, this is what I was saying. Like we can either do the NBA. We have a couple choices here. 
now and it's just me and you talking since Clayton decided to leave us in the middle of the podcast. So <laughs> I guess he's not gonna he's not gonna get part of this. Uh, he's yeah. not gonna go try out with us. So we're gonna either play Forget him in baseball or basketball. What would you prefer? Uh, baseball. I feel like I have somewhat of a shot. Like I could be like I don't know David Wells on the mound. David Wells like a three hundred pound pitcher. Like let me do it. Dude, I think we're pretty good at softball, sort of. So yeah. I mean, maybe that will translate. What's that dude's name? Bartolo Colon. Guy's like 78 years old, weighs 600 pounds, and like I, he, he's still in the MLB, dude. He gives us hope. So yeah. we're good. So we're going to go. You guys will see us. We'll probably be coming through your like farm town here in the next year or so as we um, you know, as we make our rounds. And uh, we'll be in to the majors within, I don't know, what do you think, two years? Yeah, I mean, our- like if if – spots open up and i don't know everybody dies yeah we got a shot yeah for sure dude look at the nfl when it comes to pensions you got to play three years uh which is the average for an nfl player this is why i i kind of have a hard time with the nfl because they're non-guaranteed contracts it's a pretty rough sport pretty physical there's a lot of injuries that happen you have to play three years to to get your pension the pension is this five thousand six hundred forty dollars per month for every year that you've played. So if you've played over the three years, then obviously you have to do the math. So if you've played over three years or met the requirement, so three years, $5,640 a month for every year played. Um, So it's actually a pretty decent amount of money if you can make it past the three years because you'd be times that by three, right? Yeah, but there's not a ton that make it that long. That's exactly, I know. And what did you just call it earlier? What's the NFL stand for? Not for long. Exactly. So it's crazy. Now, if if you are able to make it 10 years, you can get your bonus in the form of an annuity. Um, can you explain that to anybody? Because I can't. What an annuity uh, is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So an annuity. No, I can't explain that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, okay. Again, this is being brought to you by 60 Days to Living. <laughs> so, Hold on, I'm going to Google it. <laughs> so anyways, you can get your bonus in the form of an annuity if you've played the 10 years. The one good thing they said about the NFL when it comes to their pension plan is your 401k is matched up to 200%. So you know, you can, if you're good with your money, which some NFL players are, and they get the right financial advisors, you know, if you put it into a 401k, you're pretty much raking it up pretty well. Now, while oh, did Miles- Did you say annuity? Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Sorry. I thought you said <laughs> something else. Um, it's a fixed sum of money. Like if I recall my old school phone, days, it's- Your old yeah. phone Google, no, yeah. Sure. I mean, whatever. A fixed sum of money paid to someone each year, typically for the rest of their life. So- an annuity instead of taking it out every month, probably a large chunk of money. Oh yeah, it's an annual be- payment annuity. Yeah. Oh, hello, <laughs> annual annuity. Don't you remember when we won the lottery? We had to take it out in the form of an annuity. Yeah, I remember that. This is being brought to you by JG Wentworth. <laughs> what? Eight seven seven cash now. <laughs> so, anyways, so let's wrap it up. NBA uh, pension plans. I wanted to get get uh, talking about this real quick. You got to play three years to be able to make it uh, and to be able to qualify. Um, if you play three years, you get $56,988 per year after the age of 62. So you'd be reckoning 56 K 57 K and then, Hey, Clayton's back. Clayton's back in the uh, house. No, let's go. All right. Go. That's what I'm talking about. So if, if you guys remember, we had some technical difficulties. We're doing this podcast via a Google Hangout, which actually works pretty dang well. Um, but we just had a couple of technical difficulties in the middle of Clayton's conversation. In reality, I actually just deleted hey, him from I just the discussion. Say, don't lump me in with you guys. Like My internet's flawless. I think it's Clayton. He's got to be recording from a basement. Clayton, it's what true. Do you have to say um, 
follows campus. Um, so I feel like my internet gets drained by a bunch of um, hooligans. So there's that. A lot of legal stuff going on around me that might not uh might not be me. So okay, well here, hey, we're gonna play sound charades. Shane, who am I? You, you no, who? Harry. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Just I quit. Play, we so <laughs> joins the call. We just start smacking him with a left and right hook. That's awesome, dude. I love it. No, that's the way it should be. He keeps muting his mic. Well, yeah, you know what? Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, just go. Just ask go a question. <laughs> ask a well, question. Real, real quick. No, I have a question for you, Shane. Just you said this, and I was thinking about it. Like, obviously, each league is different as far as how many games you play, how much you get paid. But so, I'm trying to understand. If I'm in the NFL, I make it five years. So, do I get five thousand dollars a month for every year I play past the three year mark, or do I get five thousand dollars times five per month? So I get twenty five grand a month. That's a good question. Um, and I'm still trying to figure that out. As I was researching it, it never gave me that information because I don't think anybody asked that on the forums that I was reading. But oh. it's something that I would like to look into because the three year says is the requirement to even qualify. I don't know if they're counting, you know, your third year is actually your first year or if it's like what you just said. If you, you make it to five years, then you get your first, second, third, fourth, and fifth year times that all by 5,640. Because if that was the case, it'd be a lot of money and I'd actually be okay with it. But I'm yeah, not sure. No player should go broke because I know they there's all these ones that come out and say, "Hey, I'm broke now." There's no way if it was you know like what's that guy's name that used to play for New Orleans, Pierre Thomas or whatever it was, and he played for what nine years? Oh no, Deuce McAllister. There we go, Pierre Thomas. Deuce McAllister. He played for like nine years. If he's getting five thousand dollars a month times nine, he's broke on forty five k a month. Then, but but keep in mind the the pension plans I don't believe kick in until you're 62 years old. Oh, except so for the NHL oh, when gotcha. you're younger, I think the NHL allows you to actually pull out of it before. That makes sense. It doesn't Dude, kick on in that same note. CTE kills you. That's a great good on you <laughs> NFL piece of garbage. <laughs> yeah, actually, you know what's funny though? Like, there's gonna be all these homeless NFL players, and then they turn 62, and then all of a sudden they're like these rich dudes. Like, that's so weird to me. All of a sudden they're like, I'm broke. I had to file bankruptcy. They're like, I was in homeless shelters, then I turned 62, and now I'm rich again. I forgot. Sorry. Yeah, those that make it, they're like, the, I mean, this is obviously another episode, but the concussion stuff in the NFL and the injuries, dude, I, I'd like to see how many players in the NFL, like since it's been, you know, this kind of football that we see, this physical, like how many make it past 62? We should check it out. That's a, that's definitely something we could look into in a different Average episode because NFL player, <laughs> that'd be. You know what? I'm going to Google it right now. Google that right now because, yeah, that's that's interesting to me. I mean, maybe that's why the the NFL what, doesn't really the other way. It's like, like, stop complaining. You're going to get your money later, sooner or later, and then they don't end up ever having to pay it out. So, I, I mean, I've heard it before that the pension plans suck for the NFL. The retirement plan sucks, and it kind of does. If well, The average life expectancy or lifespan of an American football NFL player has been reported to be extremely low. Between 53 and 59 years old, NFL, you can go to hell. You're not even paying your guys because they're all dying. That is garbage. I think they do have insurance. I think they have insurance benefits later on as well, though. Like the after, right after the league, I think they still get that. If they make it to 60, probably. I bet there's so many loopholes. Man, I'm done with the NFL. Well, hopefully these are these are facts that are actually, you know. I'm throwing out facts. I've never said anything but facts. NFL stands for not my freaking league. I'm done with it. Not my right, league. Boycott the NFL. All right. Not my Not league. My Started here on the Game Time Guru. So, guys, um, 
I appreciate. No, you. we're not well, done. I appreciate oh, wait you joining the discussion. I just got back home. <laughs> the salary discussion was great between Miles and I. Um, I'm oh, glad that right. you know, Clayton could rest for a couple four minutes, and that was awesome. Uh, I actually yawned play. during the whole thing, Clayton. To be honest, yeah, Clayton missed out on a lot today that the listeners sure. got to hear, but not Clayton. So, Clayton, are you going to listen to this podcast to catch? Apparently, up because I didn't before. Yeah, <laughs> you definitely weren't here for it. So, I appreciate your assistance. For all the listeners out there, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Before you leave please head on over to iTunes and leave me a review. I would greatly appreciate it because it helps me out a ton. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the support.